Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Startup Soiree Podcast. This is your host, Patrick Wright. Um, I hope everyone is having an incredible Monday morning. I know I am. Uh, I'm excited to have uh, another person in the chapter of uh, wellness and fitness for the entrepreneur on the podcast. Um, today, our guest is L.A. Fing- Finger. Uh, Leanne is what the L.A. stands for. Uh, and she has, um, maybe some of you caught wind of, been, been doing some free yoga programming at Pixelated every week for the last, I don't know, I guess two months now. Um, and also like participating a lot in the startup soirees, so maybe you've seen her and met her husband there. Um, but at any rate, today we finally have a chance to have her on the Startup Story podcast to have a conversation about um, building a business as a yoga instructor and what goes into it. So, L.A., welcome to the Startup Soiree podcast. Thank you. Good to be here. So, as you know, the way that this kicks off is you give us some background about you and kind of how you became, uh, you know, a practitioner and professional in the yoga space. Um, well, I've been teaching yoga professionally for six years and sort of jumped in. My particular style is vinyasa yoga, sometimes referred to as power yoga. Um, Heated power yoga mostly, but it's become unheated lately. And it's funny, I actually go by LA, (laughs) Fin Finger, instead of Leanne Fin Finger, because when I first started teaching, the studio owner kept spelling my name incorrectly. So my parents sort of chose a wonky spelling. So to just make it easier, I was like, you know what, let's just go by capital L, capital A, and um, it's easier to find me that way. So that was sort of the beginning of the branding that I didn't even realize I was doing at the time. So you're a transplant. You are, are 10 months into Baltimore at this point. Seven. Seven months Seven. in. Really? Yeah. I thought it was January. End of January. The end of January. Am I just not counting right? Yeah. No, My mom counts right. it wrong too. Yeah. You're Seven. Seven. <laughs> Seven. Um, and you were involved in yoga clearly in a big way when you were in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, I was a local Pittsburgh yoga teacher, a big Pittsburgh yoga teacher, to say it, um, the whole time. And I taught nationally, I've traveled and taught for festivals like Wanderlust and um, been involved with Lululemon as an ambassador almost my whole stint as a yoga teacher. And how long is that? Um, that I've been teaching? Yeah. Six years. Six years. Since August, yeah. How, um, how long, because I think I know this story, how long have you been practicing yoga? Six years. Six years. <laughs> um, so why don't you tell that story? How did you, like, like let us know. I think uh, everyone has, like, an interesting kind of story about how they started doing yoga, um, and I think that yours is really great. So why don't you, why don't you relive it for me? I was a makeup artist um, for Paul Mitchell, and I was teaching how to do makeup at a Paul Mitchell partner school, and my best friend, who is seven years younger than me, he's going to be 30, so yeah, I think seven years younger than me. What's his name? His name's Mark. Give him a shout out. What's up, Mark? Mark is the best, and he sort of taught me how to actually teach and how to speak in front of people, and um, we were really burned out on our jobs, and he was a big runner and and into staying really fit, and I was not at all (laughs) athletic in any way. And we were going to this local gym, actually called LA Fitness, which is kind of funny because given my name. But um, <laughs> he was like, you have to try this yoga class. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to hate it. He's like, just try it. It's one hour. So I tried it and I absolutely freaking loved it. It was completely transformative. I loved the teacher. 
Um, I took her class as often as I could. I asked her where she trained. She told me the name of the studio. I went there. Um, within 30 days, I was practicing every day and had signed up for the teacher training and just sort of jumped all in. And that was when I was 30. So I took my first yoga class when I was 30, which is unusual too, I think. So usually younger, you start. I'm trying to think how old I was when I took my first yoga class. I haven't, I, I firmly believe that I haven't, I haven't hit my actual real stride in my life where I will have it be a, a, a regular part of it, but I don't know. It wasn't too far away from 30 for sure. Like Which It's is definitely late. not something that I did yeah. when I was, uh, when I was young, I think. So I lived in Mount Vernon and watched, you know, the people coming and going when I was in my mid-20s but I wasn't going to yoga yet then. I definitely wasn't. I was thinking about it, but I wasn't going. I don't know. I could have been 30. Yeah. I'm trying to think if it was, bef if it was before or after Emmett. Like, because that's everything. You know yeah. what I mean? That's, like, that's fucking ADBC now. <laughs> is like before and after Emmett. Like, what was my life like then versus now? And what are the things I did? And it's funny because my memory gets really fuzzy around that demarcation point as well. Like things two years before and now I can remember, but everything else is a little bit unsure. So get into it immediately and yeah, you try it and you really it. feel like life changing, it's your transformative. Thing. And you immediately kind of Jumped all in. My teacher training was in Costa Rica. I actually forced my husband Paul to come with me <laughs> because I was scared to go. And he's a certified teacher too, but he won't teach, which is a whole other conversation. Um, when he went there with you, oh, yeah. he just invested in it. Like, Paul <laughs> is so ride or die. Totally. Uh, he, yeah. That's like the perfect. But he's, it's funny because he's, um, he's very mild mannered. Mm -hmm. So. But he's like so consistent in like story and like all the background that's effort true. and all that stuff. And like even that is like a very illuminating, like that's illuminating to me that like not only did you like force him, like if my wife like asked me to do that, I would be like, okay, like twist my arm, I'll go to Costa Rica, but I'm gonna like make music and like right. sit on the do beach and thing. probably no, do my own thing. He was all in like with all, I mean, I think there was one other guy in our training and he was like, yeah, no, it's cool. I like yoga. That's I don't awesome. want to teach it, but I'll right. do it. But I'll do it. If I'm here, <laughs> I might as well do this thing. That's great. So cool. So you go all in, you become an instructor, yeah. and then, so if you've been here for seven months, you spent yeah. five years building building your 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 own personal yoga totally. brand in Pittsburgh. Paul got a new job. Yeah. You came to Baltimore. Yeah. So maybe talk a little bit about, you know, we're going to get down into a lot of the fundamentals here, but... I'm, I'm guess I'm trying to establish kind of like a timeline of your mind and your business and how it's how it's changed over the years. So <laughs> when you started teaching in other people's mm -hmm. studios, mm -hmm. right? Oh yeah. How long was that? How um, long was it just doing kind of like the very common thing that people do with with their yoga yeah. instructorship, which is you know work a nine to five or work as a bartender or, or a yeah. server and but really have like classes that they... Right. Well, I did the, you know, I'm of course like jump all in. So I quit my job and, and went like 100 for, This won't shock you, right? Pat knows me. So I went 100% into teaching yoga um, and I actually managed the studio that I taught at. And the, my first teacher put me on the schedule. And um, we're not actually close anymore, which 
I tend to burn bridges. It's just something that happens. But um, he was like, you're a yoga teacher. You're meant to be a yoga teacher. I'm putting you on the schedule. And I was like, uh, I'm not ready. Um, I will forever be grateful for him for putting me on the schedule. And I jumped right in. So I was teaching, I think they were considered community classes back then. Um, so they were like half the price, mm -hmm. like 415. So I got like the law students and like the nurses and people that could make that time and um, started subbing all the time. Anytime someone needed a sub, I took it. Total sub martyr. Right. And um, just very quickly, just people started knew who I was. Yeah. Like, yeah, so. You maxed out the space. You over-indexed on yeah. it. That's awesome. Totally. Though. But that's like the way to do it. And I loved it, and I love it. That's why I did it. Yeah. That's like yeah. the story of pixelated. Yeah. Like just all in. It all, <laughs> it all counts. It's either just zero or 100. as much as you possibly totally. can. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that, that, that's me to a T. Um, so how, how long did you spend kind of like in that, in yeah, that space? Well, Was I've that... always actually taught for other people. Uh -huh. I, at my first studio, I stayed with them for about two years. And um, at the same time, my friend was opening up another space right outside of Pittsburgh. Um, called South Hills Power Yoga. We have to give them a shout out because they're amazing. So South Hills Power Yoga, and I went to teach with her and work on what she was building. Um, and it was amazing. And I actually stayed there, worked some other places in addition while I was there, but stayed there until I left Pittsburgh. And it, they will sort of always be my teaching home. Um, when I go home, I, I get to teach with them and it's incredible. Awesome. Now I teach for free for them, but that's a whole other thing that we're doing with our free Baltimore project. So on the back half, when, yeah. when your career in Pittsburgh started to mature, mm -hmm. what did it look like? What were some of the big opportunities that started to come in? And then once we complete that, then I want to totally make this conversation way less about our relationship and more mm -hmm. about, you know, like the fundamentals because I yeah. want to get into that stuff. So when it, when it started to mature, what, what did it look like? You get better class times as a teacher. Mm -hmm. You start to get to choose. I got to choose, you know, when I taught. So for me, that's like 9.30 a.m.s and, and 5.45 p.m.s in Pittsburgh were like the, the prime spots. You get, you know, the most people at those classes. Um, become almost like a quote-unquote senior teacher. Uh, you get a little pay bump, little pay bump. And um, Lululemon started to take notice. They asked me to become an ambassador I think for the first time in 2011, so it was about two years after I started teaching. And you know, they raise your profile, they take your photos, they put them up on the wall, they, they come to your classes, they bring money in and revenue in for your workshops. You start to get the ability to do workshops because when you're a new teacher, that's sort of something you don't do. And then people start coming to your classes and the studio owners say, okay, you know how to lead arm balances or inversions, why don't you do that? You charge a little bit more money and you sort of focus on that. Um, and you can make more money that way. Does that Absolutely. make sense? Okay. Absolutely. So when, uh, so maybe, so, blah, 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 so, 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 <laughs> um, so we talked about building your base, mm -hmm. kind of getting in with the studios, the local mm -hmm. culture. Then we talked about how kind of your first sponsorship, becoming, you know, like an ambassador for Lululemon came on a bit. What was the, uh, in terms of travel, like when did that start to leverage itself and did it come from it, a passive thing or did it become when you started, like I also want to know when you recognized that you would need to start leveraging a personal brand because yeah. that's huge, you know, that's the, I mean, that is the number one thing, you know, like uh, LA Fin Finger is more powerful than Lululemon ultimately, like whether they like that or not because they serve a mass but they need, 
you know, but Lululemon isn't instructing courses. They're not standing in front and like galvanizing the attention of people and taking them through a practice. Like those are two very different things. So they need you guys more than you need them. That's, Um, and I want yoga teachers to know that. Like, and and no matter, you know, who the company is or, or who you're working for, like that's really important. Like how much you bring to the table by being yourself and being able to draw people in and instruct them. Like that's freaking everything. That's amazing. Um, so when did you look yeah. at it and say, this, this is, is a brand. brand, this is my, like, this is how I have to do it. it it's funny. I actually, it, it, they sort of, they happened at the same time. Um, as I was leaving my first studio and moving into to South Hills Power Yoga, I was also writing cause I, I am a writer. I was writing for Elephant Journal. And I wrote this article that um, it's called the 10 things you start doing when you start practicing yoga that have nothing to do with yoga. It's an old piece, but it was sort of snarky and um, that became very popular very quickly. And my husband, Paul, was like, you need a website. And I was always like, oh, I don't know. Everyone's going to think I have a big ego. There's always conversations about this. Like, if you're a yoga teacher, do you have a, a website or not? This was like four years ago. Not everyone like had a website. Yeah, right. Um, but he can design it. So he was like, let's just do it. And if you don't like it, we'll get rid of it. Right. So he sort of said like, we're just going to make it. And if you don't like it, we'll get rid of it. So we designed it and it was beautiful. And I had this space to sort of link to my writing that was online and also post my new schedule. And it just kind of made sense. So we just kind of went for it. Sort of terrified, but like with him holding my hand and saying like, it's going to be okay. Right. We can delete it at any time. And that and was that's four how, years ago. And that's how it happened. That's how it happened. Yeah. So where's travel come in? Mm. Well, I had students that were that would take my class that would come to Pittsburgh that loved it, that lived other places. So I started sort of recording podcasts and putting them online for them to take those classes for free. And then um, had some offers and opportunities to travel um, to Canada and to Philadelphia. My friend opened up a studio in Philly. Just sort of things that sort of did grow organically. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you want to come teach? Of course. Right. And then you have to, like, figure out and negotiate, like, because you realize you're going the next day and you haven't talked about money. So you're like, am right. I getting paid to do this? Right. And you don't even know because right. um, it falls under yoga. And then I had an opportunity with Wanderlust. I got to teach uh, Wanderlust in the city with Philadelphia um, through Lululemon actually two years ago, which was awesome and incredible. And what is Wanderlust? Wanderlust is a, a national yoga festival. Um, and they actually international, they're, they're also in um, Vancouver. And they travel around every summer and sort of put on these huge yoga events that are like five-day events with musicians and yogis and artists. And I mean, it's it's very commercial hippie and really cool. I saw the um, thing that happened in Central Park a few weeks ago with with Lowell. Yeah, yeah. they um, they're another yoga brand, and they sort of my teacher actually was one of the teachers, Elena Brower, and they just do this sort of mass huge class and you know everyone's in this beautiful like green park with yellow mats and, and dressed in white and they give you a white outfit and you practice yoga and it, I mean it's it's beautiful it's amazing it's, it was it was pretty epic I yeah. remember looking at it and just kind of like I mean it's so over the top like oh, it's yeah. so over the top um but in all the right ways kind mm-hmm. of you know like it's it's pretty it's pretty incredible. Like it's a real feat. But what I couldn't help thinking about was I thought about two things, and one was the gates that were in New York. Do you know that that artwork, the installation by whatever what are those guys called? The dudes that do the the like the big land installations. 
I like, you know, like tarp islands. What the fuck are they called? I'll get it. I'll put it in the show <laughs> notes. Uh, and then like Marina Abramovic, that that like performance, that performance artist from Eastern Europe or whatever. Yeah. Had like the real like essence of both of those things. And they are so specific and they're so obscure. And I think it's really, I'm, so I'm only focused on that because I think that there's a really good chance that uh, people will know who the, Gate, who the Gates artists are. I can't believe that I can't remember their name. Um, but they may not know who Marina Ambromovic is. Although if they like Jay-Z, they might know who she is. Um, and I, I'm just like, I think about it because I'm stuck on why I thought about those things. Like, it was just like you yeah. know, a piece of marketing that I saw ultimately. But it, it suggested those two things to me, and I'm kind of really trying to figure out why. So I fully anticipate at some point meeting someone behind that whole vision and being like, this is what I thought of it, and then being like, those were on my storyboard. Like, oh, <laughs> like, I knew that. In my brain. All right, so that's it. We've got like a good lay of the land. How do you start to be a yoga professional? You jump in 100%. You do your teacher training, you get your liability insurance, you get your Red Cross certification. Um, you, you don't need a website right away. Like just go and like freaking teach and be really good at what you do. Um, like really good. I was really impressed when we went to meet the parks and people, people. Yeah. And it was like looking at the space and all the ephemeral parts of a meeting. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, like, okay, we're going to do this. And then it's like, let's get through all the business stuff. And I was really impressed when you had your spiel and you were like, yeah, like I've got, I have my insurance straight. So this and that yeah. and that and that. And I was really like blown away that that was something that you brought to the table. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit. Like, that's awesome. Because one, Leanne's really pro. Uh, but number two, for the person that's ho hosting it, do you know, like, to, when you're when you're proffering your offer, yeah. your suggestion, or your ask, however you want to look at it, because it is an offer, but it's also an ask, right? Totally. <laughs> in your in your case, um, to say like that, which could come up for you know when the person who's listening to your idea that has to go like get their boss's mm -hmm. approval or something, like that's the question that they will have forgotten to ask you. Totally. That will hang up the meeting. Forever. That will end up like, and then they'll have Stalling. to come back to you and say like, or whatever the case may be. Like it's, it seems like a tiny thing, but it's a huge thing. And it's this, it was this cool underlying statement of not only that they wouldn't have to worry about it, but it also, uh, it really expressed your professionalism. Thank as you. being, it's not just being somebody with like a harebrained idea because it's definitely a harebrained idea, right? And it needs so it so it needs that it needs balance to it. You need to be able to be like, like very from your heart when you're like selling the idea, yeah. but when it comes down to the fundamentals, mm -hmm. to be like very rigid and know exactly what you need them to do and be very communicative, then you know it instills confidence that not only are you a visionary, but you're also like an expert practitioner. You yeah, know? that's the thing that I always kind of keep harping on on this podcast is like there's nothing that ever beats the person that just like does the stuff like if you do it and you're trying to make it better all the time like you can't lose yeah. like, and you don't quit those are like the two elements that you need like kaizen like work hard try and improve it 
and don't quit. Yeah. And if you apply those two things, there's no way that you can lose in the long run. It might take 40 fucking years, it's true. but you won't lose. Yeah. Like there's no way that you can lose if you keep trying to do better and you keep doing it. And that is a, like a huge part of it too, like the perseverance. Cause we all sort of like look and see these like sort of like quote unquote yoga stars that are, you know, Catherine Budig's of the world and the Elena Browers, and they are going to be bigger than us. And that is okay. Right. We are working on a different level and there's really, there's really room for all of us. It sounds completely like right. a yogi thing to say, but there is. And I have found that in spades, um, there's always something that you do that nobody else does. And when you show up and do that, I mean, you can't lose. <laughs> you really can't. And I was shocked because when I thought that I moved to Baltimore that I would sort of lose that. Like, who I was was sort of tied to being a lifelong Pittsburgher and speaking to them. And I actually feel more freedom now that I sort of let go of that and being able to teach here. Um, all right, my brain is like coming alive and I've got all these questions. Yeah, so I want to ask you. So her first tip is do it. Like get out and get, get and to really working. really do it. Like, really do it. Yeah. Don't have to do it. Really do it. Mm -hmm. Don't talk the talk. Don't buy the book from Barnes & Noble on how to do it. Just go do it. Yep. Um, I want to know about uh, what you think about, which one should I do first? Diversifying your income, right? So there yes. are different places that you can, yeah. you can have, you have a few people that you teach in their home. Uh, you can have a few classes that you teach and maybe you have a business or two that you go in and do something for, yep. for all of them in the morning, whatever. What do, you, what do you think about that and how does it come together? So I think a combination of all of them is best. When I was first starting out but I knew that I was onto something and I was talented and I was covered, um, I had a, a corporate client and I taught for them. I had some private clients that I taught weekly. They paid me directly, which is always really nice. And also those workshops at the studio are really lucrative. And so like maintaining your really good relationships and friendships with the studio owners just makes that easier to do. So that you can say like, hey, I'm charging this workshop that's you know $25 a person and it's super worth it because I'm packing it with two hours of information and like focused attention you know, for 25 students that are gonna show up. And sort of like negotiating your cut with the studio, that's a whole other conversation, of course, um, like how much you get out of that. But I, I would do all of those things. So yes, and, and keep a regular teaching schedule. Okay, so in terms of like pricing all that different mm -hmm. stuff, you know, like obviously when you're, you know, there, there are different rules at play for each one of those things. When you're in a studio, you're going to, that's going to be a negotiation as you get better yeah. and you command more people, you get to ask for more money. Um, but that's going to take time totally. to, to, to have it build. But yeah. when it comes down to figuring out what you're worth for somebody who wants you to come into their home or figuring out what you're worth, how does it scale for a business group of, mm -hmm. of, of 20 executives? Like, what, what's your recommendation? I know that it's all feel and it has a lot to totally. do with local market, but there's got to be some outliers in terms of thinking about it. Yeah, I, I think my friend Stacy actually came up with this term, so I have to credit her with this, but she called it like a non-resentment number. And, and that's really like what I always think of it as like, okay, this class is going to take me three hours a week, you know, in travel time, actually being there and planning the class. What amount can I set for this particular organization or group of people that I won't resent going and doing it? And as long as you hit that number, it's fine. And, and when you have to renegotiate that number, then that's you know an interesting conversation and you have it. And I think like being honest about it and not saying like, oh, it's actually $100, but I'm gonna tell them that it's 50. You can't do that. You have to set it and you have to stick with it because that long term, of course, like decides your pricing for everything. 
non-resentment number. So when is it, when do you decide to do it and resent and, and accept the resentment? What are the situations under which? Yeah, um, when you would still, do, yeah. yeah. Well, I think when you're new, you sometimes we do that. Okay. And then we learn from that. I think if it's an incredible opportunity, like, you know, when I got to teach for Wanderlust, it, it doesn't, you don't get paid. I don't get paid. Some part of me probably does, but I don't. But it's like, I get to teach 700 people and I got to teach with this amazing teacher from Philadelphia, Jean-Jacques, and, and you just, you do it because it's amazing and life-changing. So that's like a non-resentment sort of situation. Um, yeah, it's, it is a lot by feel. Right, And Love it's it. good to have a number. So what about like what about like studio anarchy? What about the what about gypsy yoga instruction? What about mm -hmm. people that want to build a tribe and they just want to move it and they don't want they want to be non-conventional. They want to partner with a real estate company that has empty storefronts and move yoga classes through them until they rent and I negotiate mean, want, like 4% on the <laughs> rental or something like find that. Find me because I want to be friends with you because yeah. that sounds amazing. And um, I mean I'm sure there are people doing it, and I'm not hearing a lot of uh, people go the conventional route. We go and we teach for studios, and we teach 14 classes a week. I have one friend that teaches 19 classes a week. She's always exhausted. She has no personal life. She's the first to say that. She never has time for her own practice. We can't give back as yoga teachers when we operate from that. Um, so, you know, in that case, it's really good to think outside the box and start thinking about, like, what you're saying. I think that's brilliant and unusual. I mean, I think personal brand, I think that there's going to be a revolution in yoga before too long and it's going to shift because it doesn't really make any sense why it even hasn't shifted yet. Well, there's a, there's a certain amount of like, I'm not good enough or I'm right. not worthy enough to have this. So I think it comes into like really knowing your worth as a yoga teacher. Sure. And saying like, I'm a stand for myself. I'm creating right. this brand and I believe in it, yeah. even if nobody else seems to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you have to be like, you have to be building an email list and like keeping a direct communication up with the people that are attending your classes, wherever it is, because, you know, it, it's not even like, like if you leave that studio, you're going to take, take their, like their, no. their, uh, customers. It's so much, it's more like, it's more personal it's a relationship, totally. you know, like. It would be uncool to just roll out and not let anybody know you were leaving, exactly. you know, like for all of those reasons. But also because, uh, you know, like it's it's definitely like a much like... It's personal. It's a deep connection. Like totally. you spend a lot of time with that person in like a bare, in a way that they never act. Yeah. Aside from when they're asleep right. for they're like the entire open. rest of the week. Like it's a different kind of thing. So, um, so that's fascinating. So, so not as much gypsy stuff out there. That's the first place I would go. Yeah. I'd be like, let me find that blockbuster well, that closed and yeah. just be like, it's just empty. Like, let me just do it's, this for free hard. and I'll give out your pamphlets yeah. to the people. We'll it's see going we... against the grain. And yeah. I think like we're going to see more of that. We are going to see more of that. That's what's happening. You have to, if you don't want to own a space yeah. and you don't want to be, you know, held to a number, then you've got to think outside the box. Sure. It's also cool to practice. And I'm learning this as we you know, take this all over the city with different classes like here at Pixelated, it's cool to be outside of a yoga studio. It's cool to practice yoga right. in spaces that aren't so sterile and, you know, have this odd interaction at check-in and, and feel like you have to buy a tank top that says something on it. Right. I mean, uh, that's cool and it's cool to have yeah. another option. Well, I think the other thing that's going to happen is I don't think that the personal branding of yoga instructors is going to be... Um, 
a negative thing for yoga studios. I think it's just gonna give them the space where they're gonna innovate and start to just do some different things. I think they'll still do a lot of the same things, but I think that it'll make, I think that it'll be better for both because I think it'll make it more, more of an industry because there'll be more people in like the business space, whereas with all of the instructors just being kind of thought of like grocery store stock people, like Interchangeable. they're not really like in the industry. Yeah. But as soon as they step out and they start to like control their own brands and their own kind of business, then the you know the industry grows by like totally by because an insane. We care more. We right. care more as teachers. Right. So and then we're going to post about our classes. We're going to connect with our students outside right. of class. Right. Someone emails me or Facebook messages me about my class. I always get back to them. I always have. If I don't know the answer, I'll find you a teacher that does or a resource online that does. It's just. It, that's what we do as teachers. That's what we say we do. So it's just doing the work continued outside of the studio. So I think we have time for one more question, and I wanna um, I wanna talk about marketing, um, but I kind of more specifically just want to talk about Instagram because okay. I feel like it's the platform that Yoga built uh, in a lot of right, ways, yeah. and I think that there is a lot of different tonality to yoga platforms on Instagram. Um, and I'm curious what you think about that. Yeah. So you, you know, like yours has you know, like your branding has been, um, incredible. So the first thing I ever saw was the thing that you were doing on the roof at power yoga Empower. Empower yes. yoga. Uh, and when I saw it, I just assumed that you, one, I didn't realize it was in, no, I must have, because it must have had the bow guy behind it. I think I just assumed that you were like some rock star <laughs> traveling, because I didn't really, because I, I hadn't clicked through to your handle yeah. yet. I was just looking at it. And one, your name is like, you know, like when you read it, totally. until you know the story behind right. it, you're like, and also you like your last name is crazy so like the whole thing together is like it seems really eccentric yeah. um and then like you're on the roof and you're covered in tattoos yeah. you got like the shock of blonde hair totally. which is like great to then know like the paul mitchell story in the back yeah. of it um <laughs> so but when i saw it i just like assumed that you were one of those um however many you know like thirty-two thousand yeah. follower people that are like traveling on the back of like an ox through Thailand, <laughs> like doing that, that awesome. kind of stuff. And, and then I clicked through and it wasn't, your, right. your brand is smaller than totally. that, significantly smaller than that, Very but not so. insignificant. Um, and I was like, ah, oh, like this is cool because it, you carry yourself. I mean, your, your husband is an exceptional brand designer. He does a really good job. Uh, and you know that you've, totally. you've said that to me a lot before. Uh, which doesn't denigrate your vision at all. Uh, and I was really impressed by that. But that said, mm -hmm. your uh, Instagram isn't, is great. It's much, it's pretty wholesome, I would say. Oh, okay. Um, it's, it's pretty, <laughs> like it is though, like in its heart, like it's yeah. not, uh, it's not, you know, it's not racy at all. No, no, no. You know what I mean? It's, well, it's me. I mean, I, I really think, you know, like my Instagram is probably the most, um, honest social media that's actually me mm -hmm. and that was really important to me that I'm not putting anything out there that I don't believe in that I don't think is beautiful or cute or, or whatever it is that, like that's what it is and my life is on there sort of like for good or bad uh -huh. and it's not just yoga like you'll see me like 
when I'm with my parents or like when I'm interacting with my friends or if I go out and have too many drinks like I, that's important too like I don't pretend to be the yoga teacher that like goes home and is like meditating on her mala beads and then just like not really living a real life that's just not I live in blue collar cities I always have so that's the reality so of it so you meditate on the stoop I meditate on the stoop <laughs> with my mala beads <laughs> and my iron city or my natty boat depending on what city no right. um, but you know like that I think is really important is just like being yourself um, in your branding, and, and I hope that's what I'm doing, and I also try not to think about it too much. I try to just... Live your life. Yeah. Love but also it. be available and, like, share the things that I want to share, because I love following, you know, the people that do the same. All right, Leanne. <laughs> what do you want to say to the Startup Soiree community before we go? Where do, where do they get in touch with you and why? Um, or not get in touch with you. Follow along. <laughs> do do what, what they do. Well, follow along. Come take a class at Pixelated on Wednesday nights at 730 because that's just, you know, it's free and it's amazing and you should do that. But um, you can get in touch with me at LA at LAFinfinger.com. You want to talk about branding. You want to talk about ideas for yoga. Is this okay? Is this acceptable? You want someone to give you permission? I will give you the yes to do it. Um, and Instagram, LAFinfinger. I'm on Twitter. I'm on everything as LA Finfinger. I'm myself. So no hidden agenda. Come find me. Awesome. Um, you heard it, guys. So definitely soiree people. You need to come and uh, check out some of the free yoga that we have at Pixelated. Same space as all the soiree events, just more yoga mats. Um, it's a really great class, and it's a great way to unwind uh, on Wednesdays. Wednesdays is the transition day, so it's nice to let off some steam before you push into Thursday and Friday. If you haven't yet, please make sure that you're subscribing, whether it's on the iTunes podcast player or SoundCloud or Stitcher Radio. We're in all three of those spots. I know that our team is pushing this stuff up onto our YouTube channel, so if you're at your desk and you're trying to listen there, that can be a good spot too. If you have the time, please head over to the iTunes store and leave us a review uh, with five stars. Uh, and tell the world what it is that you like about the Startup Swari podcast and why they should follow along. Um, all right, that's it, guys. Look out for the yoga flow. We'll see you soon. Peace.